0: Welcome to the New Books Network.
1: Hi, you're listening to a New Books Network podcast in gender studies. My name is Shraddha Chatterjee and I'm currently a doctoral candidate and Vaniya scholar at York University in Toronto. Today we are going to be discussing a wonderful book titled Unruly Figures, Queerness, Sex Work and the Politics of Sexuality in Kerala by Navnita Mukhil. Which was published in 2019. Navnita Mokhil is an assistant professor at the Center for Women's Studies in Jawaharlal Nehru University, and works at the intersections of gender studies, cultural studies, film theory, space, and literature. Thank you so much for coming on this show and speaking to us today, Navnita. Thank
2: you. Thank you for having me here, Shraddha And uh, yes, thanks. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Um, I'd like to begin by asking you my first question today. Could you tell us a little bit about your intellectual journey, especially as it leads up to the framing of this book? In other words, what brought you to write this book and how does that frame the book itself?
2: Yeah, so in some ways, you know, it's been a rather long journey with the book, like uh, one could say. Uh, You know, when you think back, I think it started off more or less with my uh, MPhil research project, uh, which I did in uh, this uh, English and foreign language university in Hyderabad. And uh, that was almost a decade ago. But I think, uh, you know, moving away from, uh, you know, from one's own home spaces, coming into a more metropolitan university space, And then that giving you a sort of distance to look back at Kerala and, you know, the gender dynamics of Kerala itself, which is as a state, uh, a a kind of, I mean, many other scholars have also talked about that kind of uh, paradox of the Kerala uh, model, like where on the one hand, uh, you know, there's a lot of celebration of particular kind of, Uh, developmental indices, like uh, high literacy for women, uh, you know, questions like that. Uh, But on the other hand, it's also a space which has a huge investment in uh, a particular model of, uh, you know, uh, a kind of what I would say a kind of breathless endorsement of a. Conjugal, heterosexual, uh, familial, domestic city, right? Like, and so I think, like you know, my uh, pro- the Emphil project, which was a shorter project, was around the figure of the sex worker in Kerala, and uh, you know, uh, from there, uh, when I moved on uh, to do my PhD in the US, I-, I think that gave me further distance, but also allowed me to uh, think of, think back of these relations between. Uh, you know, activist spaces, academic spaces, and what you bring in, right? Like that, uh, what kind of uh, connections do we make between, uh, you know, intimate spaces and public spaces, between spaces of activism, which I was part of in Hyderabad also, uh, but also campus lives. And, you know, so I think it's in some ways, many of these uh, uh, different kinds of, uh, you know, of uh, Uh, let's say like conversations that then uh, made the book develop in this particular fashion, right? And I think uh, being in the US academia also made me uh, more aware of the need to look back at regional archives, like, you know, and, uh, you know, thinking about questions of what travels uh, in a global economy, uh, you know, especially even from the Indian context, right? Like what gets picked, uh, what kind of uh, discourses around sexuality uh, becomes represented, right? Like, and what would a, a regional, uh, you know, setting do, right? Like, when you uh, foreground the kind of vernacular formations of sexuality, how can it then uh, interrupt more national and more uh, global paradigms, which are often more quickly recognized right like so i think in some ways that allowed me also to stay with the project right like to then uh, develop it further you know uh, uh, and then finally you know you have the uh, product of the book and truly really figures right like so yeah i w- I, I i mean it's a uh, you know it, 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 it went through lots of stages lots of spaces also i think that i was part of like both in geography Uh, but also intellectually, personally, right? And all those, I think, inform the book, like in many ways, right? Like this, the travel away and the looking back is important in that sense, I think,
1: yeah. Um, Thank you for sharing that. And I think in your book, there is also a very significant critique of um, the human rights paradigm and the human rights discourse that frames a lot of sexuality conversations especially between the first world and the third world that you critique very significantly. And I suppose across all the chapters um, that speaks to your sense of bringing a robust sense of the regional into a kind of national discourse. Um, So how would you then, like, could you share a little bit about how the chapters are organized and what the organizing arguments of your book are
2: okay yeah yeah maybe i'll uh i think i'll start off with the chapters itself and then you know uh talk a bit about what that organization like what helps Uh, so i mean uh, the first chapter like the introductory chapter is actually titled uh, sexual figures of kerala and uh, it's a rather you know uh, kind of elaborate introduction i think Uh, both to the space of Kerala, but also uh, to this question of the region as a sexual field, right? And what it uh, does conceptually uh, to foreground the region, right? Like, and to look at idioms of sexuality uh, that are emerging from uh, Malayalam language sources and imaginations that are regional in that sense, right? Like, so that, uh, you know, uh, really sets the... Sets up the book, the large interventions. It's trying to make uh, what kind of uh, you know conceptual concerns uh, bind the book together. And also, I have this segment uh, around like the, what I call the labor of return journeys, uh, which in which I talk about uh, this process itself, right? Like, and uh, what is the what are the kind of uh, dimensions and tensions that involves, uh, you know, and 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 in. It, it, it's not, it's it's a process of translation also in some ways, right? Like, you know, when we thinking about both translating from Malayalam to English, but also that you're writing to audiences who are, uh, you know, in different uh, geographical locations, and for whom Kerala might be a very distant space, right? Like, so, but I, as a writer, I'm very embedded in that space in some ways, right? Like, I, as experiences of growing up, of memories, but it's also a space you are uh, struggling to move away from. You want to complicate in many ways, right? Like So I do talk about those uh, questions and how that then informs the methods of the book, right? Like both the conceptual uh, concerns, which are very closely, I think, tied to the methodology of the book itself, which cuts across many different uh, disciplines in that sense, right? Like I do use methods from, uh, film and literary studies, but also, you know, what I call a particular kind of ethnographic methodology, which is not necessarily doing ethnography, but a certain way in which you bring in uh, your, uh, you know, a uh, kind of navigations of the different spaces from uh, NGO spaces I visited or protest marches I was part of, and why all those, uh, you know, why all those movements are necessary to access. Uh, regional formations of sexuality, right? Like, so that is what I think uh, the larger arc of the book that the introduction sets up. And then I move on to the first chapter, which is uh, called uh, Tracing the Prostitute uh, Between Excess and Containment. And uh, that chapter actually looks at two sets of materials, right? Like, it one is uh, the whole uh, popular media and... Uh, oh. Oh, oh, oh you know, other protests around uh, this police uh, custody murder of a prostitute uh, called Kunibi in 1987 and the protests that followed, uh, which I sort of uh, position as a significant event, because it's one of the initial instances where the sex workers uh, sort of becoming a site for feminist politics in Kerala, right? And I read uh, uh, this uh, event, which happens in 1987, in conjunction uh, with uh, the Malayalam film, uh, which translates as Her Nights, which came out in 1978, and which was this uh, rather sensational film around the life of a, a prostitute, right? Like. Uh, which often circulated uh, under the umbrella of soft porn through the 80s. But in the 90s, there is this attempt to retrieve this film as this realist depiction of of a struggling sex worker's life, right? And in bringing together these uh, kind of rather disparate set of materials, I try to create a certain kind of history of this figure of the sex worker, right? And how then this figure allows us to show Uh, that the disciplining of sexuality is always an unfinished project, right? And that there will always be tensions, excesses, like, you know, even in formal terms, right? Is it text realist? Is it documentary? Uh, Is it, uh, you know, sensational? And how, uh, you know, some ways these depositions representation sort of slip across these boundaries right and and it's those movements that i try to uh, trace in this uh, you, you know uh, the one uh, the chap this chapter which is you know looking at the pre uh, 1990s period primarily right like and from there i move on to the second chapter which is called uh, to claim the day the sex worker as the subject in the time of aids uh, where i am looking much more at a recent uh, you know, publication in 2005 uh, of this uh, dual autobiographical project by a sex worker and activist Nalini Jamila. And uh, so I look at uh, this project of self-composition that uh, Jamila undertakes and uh, as, you know, how it both speaks back to state formations, draws on some of the vocabularies uh, put into circulations via the AIDS discourse but also disturbs it, right? And in order to show that kind of assemblage between uh, state uh, and uh, public health discourses and uh, this kind of public act of uh, claiming uh, an autobiographical subject position, I also place this text along with uh, uh, public uh, health materials, right? like primarily materials produced by the... Uh, uh, AIDS uh, control society, and so documentary films, uh, posters, th- things like that, right? Like, and in doing so, I sort of again uh, uh, try to see how, uh, you know, like, uh, how do we uh, then understand this figuration of the sex worker in a very different moment, right? In this uh, moment when the state is also addressing her in a new fashion, right? And so both these chapters actually work closely together. Uh, in uh, you know, looking at this figure of the sex worker, and uh, you know, both uh, as formed by our regional uh, imaginations, but also constantly uh, you know, sort of pushing at the margins of that dip, uh, of that uh, uh, edifice, right? Like in in that sense, uh, and then I move on to the uh, third chapter, which is called "Wandering in the Vernacular." Uh, Divergent Visions of Queerness, uh, which is a comparative reading of two Malayalam films, uh, Sancharam, The Journey from 2004, and Desharna Kilikaryarila, uh, The Wandering Bird Does Not Cry from 1986. Right? And again, uh, two films from two different moments of uh, queer uh, debates and articulations in. Kerala and uh, India, and I sort of uh, read these films uh, in juxtaposition uh, to interrogate the limits of a universal language of sexual identity politics, right? Like, I sort of then think about how a film that comes from an earlier moment, which is not uh, labeled as a a queer film, has the capacity uh, to uh, trouble a, a certain kind of naturalized construction of heterosexuality right by by putting into motion these two uh, women and you know making them wander the space of the uh, region itself right like so in some ways then uh, the the you know reading as a practice reading these films formally uh, in uh, together uh, but also making them uh, complicate each other uh, allows me to ask certain questions of uh, who is the subject of queer politics and uh, what is uh, uh, what kind of limits do we place uh, on this imagination of the sexual subject when we uh, you know. Uh, create a particular model of visibility and uh, recognition right like uh, so fr- and from there i move on to the fourth chapter uh, which is called living together dying together the politics of lesbian hauntings uh, where uh, you know i look at uh, primarily at the event of suicide and uh, you know why uh, lesbian uh, sexuality uh, sort of uh, becomes uh, visible in the Kerala context via these uh, spectral presences of women uh, whose uh, lives could have been saved in some ways, right? Like So I do a close uh, reading of published interviews uh, conducted by the activist group Sahayatrika, which is a co-traveller, and the multiple reports on lesbian suicides uh, from early uh, 1990s um, uh, you know, from late 1990s to early 2000s and you and i also then tried to zoom out and think about this practice of uh, interviews and recording right like what what is this activist group also doing like what is their role in memory keeping and putting into circulation certain uh, you know uh, certain complex Narratives around sexuality, right? Like, so, uh, and then what does that tell us about, uh, you know, regional formations of awareness, right? And from there, then I have the final uh, chapter, which is called What You Think is Fire Unspooled Movements and Suspended Readings, which is the chapter I wrote, uh, you know, towards much more recently, like, you know, which uh, was around the murder of the transgender activist, Sweet Maria. Uh, in 2012 and uh, the memorialization of her death, especially looking at uh, this art project by uh, Arya Krishnan and using those uh, kind of tenuous terrains uh, to think about like what is the future of or uh, you know, what is the potentiality of these kind of movements, right, which might not cohere uh, in a very linear arc uh, but which is uh, about these uh, constant unruly movements, right? Like which is in many ways the central arguments of the book, right? Like that's the uh, you know title of the book also, uh, unruly figures. But the whole uh, concept of un- both unruliness and figuration, right? Like that's what I'm uh, constantly working with. That uh, the political cannot be uh, mapped. Uh, you know, via linear trajectories. And often, uh, when you get into the terrains of sexuality, uh, the struggle for a researcher is also to locate these kind of unfinished movements, right? Like, and where, uh, you know, a certain kind of, uh, uh, you know, sort of standardized ideas of a normative political subject often falls apart when you uh, go into terrains uh, which are. Uh, you know which where even the you know the subjects are not necessarily acting uh, in uh, or or uh, using vocabularies that we might even recognize right like you know when you when you use uh, you know theoretical uh, frameworks that are often uh, formed elsewhere right and then with that you go into this uh, set of materials but what you encounter is these kind of messy movements right like and uh, so how do you then use those movements to then uh, speak about questions around the political and subjectivity right and and what can the vernacular do then right like to to dis- not simply i mean one of the main motivations of the project which i is not to say this is this niche area you know there is this you know, uh, Kerala, which is there, which you can access, uh, you know, which has these stories that, you know, that I will uh, uncover for you. But But this is the opposite kind of move that I'm trying to make, right? Like to say that, you know, this regional and which many other regionals could also do has the power to then make us question our own certainties right you know that it might uh, you know seem as a familiar space for someone like me but actually returning makes you rethink right like because you are also uh, you know then uh, questioning what uh, what for, what frameworks you think up with right like and so that I, I mean rather than a singular argument i think it is a, it's also a reading practice uh, you know which allows you then to uh, to then to sort of locate these kind of movements as central to uh, imaginations of the political, right? Like, yeah, that's, that's sort of the large frame, I think, of the book itself. Yeah.
1: Um, thank you for explaining that so wonderfully. Um, and I know I was going to ask this a little later, but at some point in the book, you actually ask, I quote, what are and what and who can be the subject of politics, end quote. And I think for me, that is uh, one of the greatest provocations of your book itself, because that's a question that stays alive across all the chapters, and uh, holds all of the chapters in a kind of tension. And um, I think from how you describe the book itself, I think there is also uh, an immense ki- immense amount of empathy, which with with which you kind of read um, all of the regional and vernacular material uh, which might not necessarily be uh, a way of reading for other people who have a similar journey of returning to the region. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that's also something that's very uh, well represented in your work. Mm -hmm. but one of the questions that come to me from reading your book is what happens to sexual studies discourse or sexuality discourse when we read lesbian sexuality, single women and sex workers together like you try to do in the book?
0: Mm-hmm. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care.
2: you know, it's been uh, like now about two years since the book came out and uh, there's been some reviews also. And so in one of the reviews that came out uh, by uh, Gauri Vijay Kumar, uh, she actually, in Gender and Society, she actually asked this question about what, especially like, you know, because the way the book is structured, it's like uh, two chapters on the sex worker figure and then two chapters on the lesbian uh, figure primarily, right? Like, uh, that's the, you know, so you all, uh, so she also asked, like, how do, uh, you know, these figures then uh, speak to each other, right? Like, so, uh, and, and, uh, and, and, you know, like extending that question, like you're saying, the, uh, you know, what does that do to uh, the field of uh, sexual studies in that sense, right? Like, where often what you see, uh, you know, and and this I think one must say is also like you know around the time when I started this uh, project, which is like uh, you know two thousand four is uh, you know like uh, when I released two thousand four two thousand five. To uh, by the time the book came out, right? Like there's been a lot of shifts also to the field of sexual studies, right? Like to the field of sexual study because uh, I mean uh, the, uh, both in terms of um, you know, uh, institutional shifts, but also I think in terms of even uh, legally forms of activism. And and one thing that I sort of reflect on a little bit in the conclusion of the book is that the distance between the figure of the sex worker and the lesbian seems to have uh, increased actually over uh, time, right? Like, because uh, there is a certain way in which a certain uh, form of, uh, you know, more... uh, visible uh, forms of lgbt politics seems invested in certain kinds of questions which seem quite different uh, from the one that uh, sex workers politics uh, bring uh, to the uh, to the fore uh, right like and and actually when you think of it uh, currently like it's not as if uh, you know the sex worker uh, has you know uh, the, the the you know like what kind of ways in which uh, you were able to negotiate with state with funding formations all that is also very different for uh, these different uh, you, know, you know sexually uh, positioned uh, groups right like who can come together what you lobby for say say like questions around labor uh, you know like uh, which uh, you know in the even during the pandemic moment like you know one of the Questions that came up around uh, sex workers was uh, around like you know sh- sh- basic questions around survival and labor during pandemic times, right? And though and it, it, so I, I think those questions often don't get an easy resonance in uh, in more visible uh, LGBT kind of politics necessarily, right? Like so it's also I think when in one attempt of the book is also to then. Uh, you know, think about like how some of these questions around access, around mobility, uh, you know, uh, around who can uh, who can desire in what ways, like you know, and and in some ways, like what I uh, you know uh, would think of as like intimacy and its public forms, right? Like that that it's not and that, and how they are, these structures are very closely interlinked, right? Like and that's why I think there's a constant attempt in the book to also think about location within uh, uh, within the space of the region too, right? Like say how, uh, uh, you know, like how a Nair upper caste woman uh, would be able to articulate a certain uh, notions of desire, uh, you know. I mean, not, the, not to say that the upper caste Kerala woman is having a, a you know, very... Uh, Kind of uh, easy access to uh, you know being a desiring subject, but still uh, I, I, I you know there there are differences as to what what it means like what it, what it means to stitch oneself into the language of aspiration of mobility of of transgression and how that is also linked to very material concerns right like about you know how uh, can you will you be able to Find a job, for example, if you leave your uh, setting and go to an uh, uh, to a city, right? Like, and those questions, I think, uh, are when you uh, when you think about those questions, then uh, you know, then like, you cannot really pass out these figures, right? Like, the whether it's a single woman, whether it's the sex worker, whether it's a lesbian. Some, there are some questions that come, may bring them together in in the narratives that I look at, like you know, because say the. Uh, you know, the, the reports around the lesbian suicide that I look at uh, that Sahayatrika does. One of the important questions those two uh, women uh, face continuously is that what can we survive in another place? Like, and also, do we have that wherewithal to move? Right? Like, so what does uh, mobility mean? Like, what does access mean? Right? Like, and that I think is important to think about in order to think about what is, uh, you know, uh, how do we frame sexuality? right like what 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 structures you know because you know, the other kind of form through which the lesbian especially became visible in india is through the couples who run away together right like and often you know that uh, the the they are uh, life narratives or what happens to them when they run away is often determined by a lot of external structures right like who gives them support? What shelter homes can be there? How can the how does the police negotiate with them? So there is a lot of these kind of uh, of infrastructural movements in which many of these women have to be constantly uh, in um, uh, what you say inserted into. They have to traverse that right. Like so, whether it's a single woman, whether even the Uh, You know the married woman who wants the divorce, for example, or who's experiencing domestic violence, or you know. So there is a lot of ways in which then, when you read uh, sexuality, gender, uh, you know, uh, location in terms of class and caste and mobility questions like that, then the field of sexuality can also really, uh, you know, be opened up to ask uh, some of these questions too, right? Like it's not only about. Uh, you know, posing it in terms of a law or a right, but it's also questions of uh, inhabiting and living, right? Like it's also questions of, uh, you know, it's not just a question of survival, right? Like it's also a question of then, uh, you know, uh, finding spaces where you can be, where you can be together. Uh, you know, and and there are all kinds of uh, larger networks that make these things possible, right? Like, I mean, uh, desire could. Be expressed in all kinds of ways, but the question as to uh, what what uh, what will it then uh, you know uh, uh, translate to is also I think linked to the publics that you're part of, right? Like whether it's your immediate community or your family or larger networks, right? So in that sense, I feel that there is a way in which we really need to bring all these questions. Uh, which I think has been a very central to Indian feminist debates also into uh, some of these questions around, uh, you know, sexuality studies as it is being, as it's getting shaped today, right? Like, and there is a need to talk across, right? Like, and to remember, you know, like some of these early uh, women's studies conferences, for example, uh, where talking about singlehood, we're talking about sex workers, right? And it was often contested. It was not as if they were like, you know, very easy conversations, but still they were conversations, right? And how can they animate current debates, right? Like, how can we think about, you know, singlehood not simply as some kind of choice uh, that uh, women with privilege can make, but singlehood as a You know, as a as a form that many different kinds of women are inhabiting and and uh, you know finding uh, ways uh, to uh, you know to uh, to then uh, you know what what allows for that right like what allows for those uh, you know you need certain structures also to uh, you know to support uh, all kinds of uh, uh, you know living. forms let's say right like and those i think could be brought in uh you know and and it's not to say it's not been like you know some of the recent debates i think like i mean that way in some ways like post uh 377 judgment i think that's also allowed for some new conversations to emerge because uh you know the legal was taking up so much space uh so now uh, we do get and to hear some other narratives that are emerging, and those I think are important to then open up the field itself, right? Like yeah, sure. yeah.
1: Um, yes. Thank thank you for thank you for saying that and putting that so uh, beautifully. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think uh, you're right in that way. What you say in the book is such a great intervention in. Um, Also, what can perhaps be understood as a push in current LGBT discourses in not looking at sexuality across these different figures and only looking at sexuality as either um, alternate or queer or sex work issues as separate from that and Mm -hmm. singlehood as separate from that. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, you're right that like new conversations are emerging now, but Uh, Mm -hmm. for a while I think we didn't necessarily go in that direction Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think again coming back to the question of the regional the regional also allows you to look at all these figures together in a kind of similar geographical landscape Mm -hmm. and um, I would like to ask you how, how then does Kerala come alive in the landscape of the central arguments of your book especially because there is so much literature on Kerala and the development model in Kerala already. Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, in that way, it uh, you know, there were a certain, there was a body of scholarship that was already there, like around, uh, you know, scholars like Jay Devika, or Shadmila Shrikumar, like around, like, uh, looking at uh, the history and contemporary formations of gender in Kerala. And also, uh, you know, uh, writings that are emerging from uh, more like uh, looking more at the intersections between caste and uh, sexuality and gender, uh, like, you know, scholars like Rekha Raj or Kamil Christie. So in that sense, I think it's a place, uh, you know, the space uh, is intellectually uh, already very debated and into that is what one is entering, right? Which which I think is something... uh, it was helpful in that way right that you had a body of scholarship that you could bank on and develop uh, but but i think the uh, uh, you know the ways in which um, you know, kerala mattered for me like in terms of the book was also i think it's a question of uh, you know looking at um, idioms of cultural practices right like because it's a in that sense it is a uh, it, it it is a space uh, that is very uh, heavily invested in uh, multiple kinds of visual and literary uh, narrative forms, right? Like, so uh, one of the ways in which I uh, sort of um, uh, built on uh, my archive in the book is also by constantly interlinking, uh, you know, materials produced from activist spaces in Kerala, like, say, Uh, Jamila's autobiographical narrative with uh, older uh, textual, uh, uh, you know, productions like, say, uh, uh, the 1947 novel uh, by Bashir Shabdangal Noyce, which is, you know, I I really feel that that's a text that more should be written about, like, because it's quite an, uh, you know, very, uh, it's a short novella, but there's so many different things that it brings uh, together in a very, almost like a nightmarish fashion so you cannot you know it, it's it's no way uh, if you look at it today it's not a text you can easily retrieve as a queer text uh, in 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 many ways like because, i mean it's not celebrating queerness in that sense but but it is a queer text because it's constantly cutting against uh, normative imaginations of the body of sexuality of desire right so in some senses kerala uh, as it comes alive in the book is also these kind of layers of uh, vernacular histories of uh, sexuality, which uh, which I am uh, saying that. So then, when you think about a language of uh, or a vocabulary for uh, you know uh, for sexual. Uh, representations at present. In uh, I'm I'm trying to argue that that is a it, that's formed in through this constant uh, jostling between the past and the present, and uh, you know, so it's not like uh, it's a sudden eruption uh, of the sexual in public, but that it's always been. Uh, An erotically charged public sphere where things are banned, where things are—I mean—the huge investment in soft porn cinema, for example, and the publics around that, right? Like so, uh, uh, you know, in 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 that sense, then uh, uh, you know, that is how I, I think, you know, sort of access the landscape, right? Like as one that is, uh, you know, in, in which these many histories coexist. Right. And, and in some ways, the current uh, sexual actors and these acts of uh, composition that I look at is being played out against these landscapes. Right. And, you know, some uh, of the uh, you know, artists that I look at, like someone like Arya Krishna, for example, is conscious of these histories and constantly brings those, uh, you know, say the be great theater into the space of a contemporary art exhibition. And so in it's through those kind of movements that the region then uh, allows for a more, uh, a, a kind of specific language of uh, uh, sexuality to emerge, right? Like, so that I think becomes in one way, you know, one significant strength. The other, I think was more about actually returning to the space, right? Like that, I, you know, that, um, you know, going to all these organizations, how they looked at you, uh, especially with the AIDS awareness, uh, you know, uh, materials like, uh, you know, if, uh, how um, how they placed you, what uh, what was the imagination of this? a uh, us researcher who's come back and you know how you could have a certain conversation with her now because uh, you know because she's saying she wants to study sexuality and 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 also other ways in which your own privilege gets questioned like so so i think that kind of uh, you know uh, what you say uh, the, the the kind of relationship with the space that you build why are these uh, research practice, and not to a new space, right, but a space that's familiar, but when you re-enter it, I think there are, as a researcher, like, there are new things that you uh, see, uh, you know, what you noticed uh, acquires new meanings, right, like, uh, I mean, uh, some things that was not even part of the book, but uh, it was interesting that, you know, we, I was uh, part of a panel recently, and uh, this queer activist from Calicut was saying how when she was in school the first time she, uh, you know, heard about the term lesbian was because these two schoolgirls uh, committed suicide on the railway tracks. And when she talked about it, I remember that I also remember the same incident, right? And so it's interesting uh, what that means, like to have these kind of uh, localized, uh, you know, memories which which you did not then uh, think of as. Uh, as uh, as necessarily interrupting your imagination of the familial or the domestic, but somewhere it may, you know it, it was there, it was part of your uh, landscape, right like, And some of those things I think do come in uh, into the book, right? like songs you've heard and why I think that relationship you know that uh, you have with these sources do uh, resonate like in the way you write, in the way you pull things together. And how you build an archive in that sense right
1: And I think very beautifully what you do is uh, also tell us and show us in the book and in this conversation that to be attuned to these archives and these memories is to necessarily work against a very linear idea of time and mm-hmm. development and especially like the development of sexuality discourse or uh, mm-hmm. a, a very linear trajectory of unfreedom to freedom. Or vice versa, Mm -hmm. um, which is, which is quite fantastic, actually. And, uh, you know, I'd like to end our conversation with asking you, uh, how are you taking the project forward? Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, what are some of the things you're working on now? Yeah, so uh, in uh, in some ways, I think this uh, whole
2: question that you were asking me earlier, like what and who can be the subject of politics, I think that question has stayed uh, with me in uh, many ways. So, uh, I mean, it's still in a very initial phase, but I've been interested in uh, you know, uh, what I'm kind of calling like the scenography of political protests, like, uh, but not maybe only based in Kerala, but, uh, but you know, especially looking at, say, the last uh, 10 years, like 10 to 20 years, where uh, in the context of India, but globally also, we have seen these uh, multiple forms of protests emerge uh, that are very uh, you know, very embodied, uh, much to do with a certain kind of uh, sensory excess in public. Like, uh, say, one of the protests that I've been interested in is this uh, protest that happened in Jantaramathir in Delhi uh, of uh, this group of uh, farmers from Tamil Nadu uh, in 2017, where uh, they enacted a lot of acts that were uh, seen as very excessive, very bodily, like... um, uh, you know, like uh, uh, dressing up in certain ways. Uh, you know, stripping themselves, threatening to drink urine, things like that. Right. So on, on one. So in some ways, I've been uh, you know thinking of following up on these questions, building on it about you know how do you stage politics? Right. Like what and and when uh, in the current uh, you know um, moment when uh, media technologies are changing in many ways, but also. Uh, the image, the formation of the public is also undergoing uh, so many shifts. In this context, like what are the new forms of public protest that are emerging, and how do we read that with uh, other forms of uh, artistic production? Right, like say, especially like I've been interested in uh, you know more like visual art forms, like uh, installation art, or uh, you know, or, or um, or uh, even cinema like in you know, new forms of cinema which are constantly trying to cut across this uh, kind of divide between uh, you know the fiction and the realistic or trying to uh, create new forms of realism right like and so how would you read uh, these uh, you know aesthetic practices and political practices uh, side by side uh, to think about uh, you know the political itself uh, not necessarily uh, linking it only to sexuality but i think i'm coming back to the question of the body more centrally uh, you know so what is it to me what does it mean to encounter the body in public when does that encounter trouble us is that trouble uh, the basis of the political in some ways right like or, or is it when it moves us or brings us together you know so how how, how the howness of it right like how does politics actually gets staged right so that I think is the direction I've been uh, you know thinking towards and trying to pull things together but uh, let's see like where it will uh, go yeah, but, but, yeah.
1: Um, thank you for talking to us today Navnita we definitely had a, you know a great experience talking and hopefully it was um, a productive podcast for the listeners as well Um. It was great to talk to you and we'll continue the conversations elsewhere. Thanks
2: a lot. Thank you.